Hey runners, before we get started, just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that has left us a rating or review over on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews really help us to find new people to help more runners. And it's a great way for you to say thank you for all of the free content that we put out for you on a weekly basis. So if you haven't yet, please go leave us a review, screenshot this and share it on social media so that we can help more people to run their life. Now onto the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we are talking about the pros and cons of running groups because some of you listening to this podcast right now might be solo runners. Maybe you like going out and running by yourself, and some of you might enjoy running with friends or a running group. So today we really wanted to take a look at the pros and cons of running groups so that you can decide if you want to join one or if you're good flying solo because Kevin and I are a little bit different when it comes to this. Yeah, I'm sure we have listeners that are both solo runners. We have listeners that are more like tuned into the group running, mm-hmm. and, but that follows us also. Like we're both have had times where we were solo runners and had times where we're more group runners and we're kind of, uh, we've, we've sort of transitioned from one to the other. Yeah. And I think that that's gives us a pretty cool perspective and we really wanted to just kind of talk about both sides of the coin because like anything in life, this is not just like one simple answer of like, yes, every runner should be in a running group or no, no runner should ever be in a running group. Like clearly there's a big middle ground here and that's what we really want to talk about today because we find that a lot of times there are a lot of runners out there that love their running groups and then they can't run by themselves, right? And then there's other people that feel really self-conscious thinking that, well, I don't want to join a running group because I don't want to slow other people down. So they only run alone. Right. And there's all sorts of other reasons I think that people would avoid a running group. Um, But you're trying to find this middle ground. I think we just go with a blatant hot take that running groups are, and then we pick one, best or worst, and we just sum it up right there. Yeah, we're not going to do that today. No, no, no. We should be much more controversial. (laughs) All right, fine. We'll find the middle ground as we do in all things. There's a gray area. Yes, and I like the gray. But like... I think that regardless of which type you are, if you're the kind of person that like loves your running group and you do all of your runs with your friends, or if you're the kind of person that like only runs solo because you don't want to run with other people or you you feel too self-conscious to do so, I think that both of these people limit themselves in some way and miss out on a really amazing part of running. And so obviously if you're a group runner, you're missing out on some of the amazingness of solo runs. And if you're only running by yourself, you're missing out on some of the amazingness of group runs. So let's start out by talking about the pros of running groups today. All right. Excellent. So really that is, that's our, that's our hot take is if you're only doing one of them, Mm -hmm. you're missing part of running. So you could just stop listening to this episode if you want. (laughs) No, 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 no. The episode's good. Like we got some good stuff to cover here, but that's, that's the big thing is whichever one, if you were just choosing one of the sides, Mm -hmm. you're missing a key aspect of running that could really open up some potential for you. Okay. So what are the reasons that some people don't join a running group. I think that a lot of times people don't join a group because they think that they're not fast enough to run with other people. They're very like self-conscious about themselves. I know that that's definitely something that held me back in the past or just thinking that running is a solo sport. And this can really lead to missing out, like we said, on 
new friendships. It can miss out on not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, both socially and physically, right? Because you're like, no, 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 I'm good here. Like, I'm good. I do my runs. I've got my little loop around my neighborhood that I do. I do my pace and, and, and this is what I'm good at, right? And so like we've talked about so many times on the podcast before, in order to grow in running or any other area of your life, you need to get out of your comfort zone. And running groups can be a really great way to help you get out of your comfort zone in many different ways. Yeah, I think one of those things I wanted to highlight there is thinking that running is a solo sport. There's some people that get into running after doing a whole bunch of group sports. Mm -hmm. And part of the issue of group sports is you could be like a superstar in the group sport. Like you could be the best baseball player out there, but you got eight other people out there. So if you go up and you hit a home run every time, but everybody else strikes out, you're not going to get very far. So if you then go out there and you're like this superstar runner, you can, in fact, get yourself very far just on your own. So there's some people that see the benefit of running as a solo sport. As hard as I want to push myself, it doesn't matter if I'm not surrounded by these other great people that can help raise me up. I can, in fact, accomplish things on my own. And so some people get this mindset that running is a solo sport. I just have to push myself because it's it's all solo. And I think you know, part of the issue, as you pointed out here is sure you might be missing some of the, like the physical benefit, but there's also that social aspect of stretching out of your comfort zone of pushing yourself to find the friendship of running that is super important as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some of these pros of running groups? So number one, runners are awesome and make awesome friends. Yeah. So surround yourself with runners. Like this is one of the things that we've mentioned before of like one of the benefits of being part of real life runners team is it helps just encourage more people to run. Runners are awesome. If there were more runners in the world, I think that the world would just be a better, happier place. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I joined a running group, um, spoiler alert, but I joined a running group a few years ago, back in 2018, I believe. Um, and some of the runners that I met in my running group are some of my best friends today because runners are just amazing human beings. Like we are a different breed and you know what I'm talking about if you're a runner, right? Because you know that sometimes like your friends and family that aren't runners kind of look at you a little differently. Like, oh, that's the runner in the family, you know, like, and people that are runners understand you, right? Whereas some of your non-running friends or non-running family members don't really get you in the same way. Like when you're a runner, there's just certain things that you experience. There's certain um, highs and lows that you can experience and your running friends can understand that and get you in a way that other people can't. Yeah. And it almost, it doesn't matter if your running friends are the same pace as you either. Like this is the benefit of having like a larger running group that you can work with is it kind of goes past that whole, well, I don't want to pull people back to my pace. I don't want to push people up to my pace. Like you don't have to worry about pace. If you have like a decent sized running group, you can get together before and after and still have a group of running friends that kind of understand all the things that come with running, regardless of what the pace is, they just sort of understand the things that come with running. If you get together on like a group long run, everybody understands the highs and lows that are going to come with a long run. You get together for a speed workout, everybody gets what happens during a speed workout. Yeah. And that kind of leads well into our next point, which is that running groups can really help you push yourself harder. Like you're talking about speed workouts or even on tempo sessions, 
running with faster friends can help push you harder, help you get out of your comfort zone because sometimes it is hard to push ourselves hard enough in those speed workouts when we don't have other people. I know that for me, there are times that I I do my speed workouts by myself, but running speed workouts with a friend, especially if you have a friend that's a little bit faster than you, I feel motivated to try to keep up with that person or try to not let the gap get too big between that person and myself. So I end up pushing myself a little harder or I have um, running friends that we will be side by side running. And so it's just like that natural little piece of like human competition. Like it's not that I want to beat my friend, it's but it's also that I don't want to get beat, right? So it's like I am not going to slow down because they're not slowing down. So I shouldn't slow down either, right? So there's that little friendly competition that's involved in in speed workouts sometimes too that can help you push yourselves a little bit harder than maybe you would have on your own. Right. And so on days where you're supposed to be pushing a little bit hard, that does open and give yourself the opportunity to find a gear that you might not have realized actually mm-hmm. existed. You're like, no, 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 this is this is my hard pace. Turns out your hard pace is faster than that. And sometimes yeah. it's nice to find somebody else that can help you find a, an extra gear. Well, that's like when, even when you paced me on like my one mile, when I was trying to PR my one mile Mm -hmm. and like, could I have done that on my own? Maybe, but like part of what I was using was just, I just have to keep up with Kevin I just have to keep up with Kevin. And so it's, it's an easy mantra, I guess, to, to keep in my mind so that I don't also have to push myself both physically and then also use all these other mental tools to try to like get me to push myself harder. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the easiest racing tactics is just keep up with that person. Exactly. Don't worry about any pacing, anything else, just spot somebody's back and hang on as hang on for dear life. But the opposite is also very true is sometimes a running group can help you slow down. Mm -hmm. Like running groups can help you pick up the pace, but they can help you slow down because it makes it easier for you to have a conversation. Yeah. And we talk about this with effort-based training that when you're running easy, you should be able to carry on a conversation that gets a little, uh, one-sided when you're off on a solo run. (laughs) So actually being able to physically surround yourself with other people opens up the chance to have a conversation and make sure that you're holding a quote unquote concert conversational pace. Yeah. Because when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and you notice yourself like starting to like your breathing starts to get harder and those words start being a little bit harder to come by, that's a very clear indication that you're probably pushing a little too hard. Right. Whereas if you're running solo, you're like, no, 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 I could be having a conversation if somebody was here. But (laughs) But you could be lying to yourself. Yeah. You're often lying to yourself. Like you can, when you're going solo, like try and sing a couple of lines. You know, that's part of the fun of being able to run solo is no one's going to judge your singing voice. But if you can't consistently carry on a conversation and it get like, I'm not kidding. Like it's, it gets a little one-sided if you're by yourself, you're, it's you and the thoughts inside of your head. You're not probably speaking those out loud the entire time. And I know you've told me you come back from runs where you just talked with your friends the entire time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's clearly a conversational base. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, like you said, running, with a group can help you really know if you are running easy enough. Yes. On the other hand, which we'll talk about in a little bit, it could also help you or shouldn't, I shouldn't say help you. It can lead you to 
push a little too hard sometimes. And yeah, well, we'll come back with... Come out of that easy pace. We'll come on down to cons in a, in a second, but let's wrap up all of the good stuff of running groups. So another pro of running groups are accountability partners, right? So if you're the kind of person that finds it hard to motivate yourself to get out of bed in the morning, especially if it's dark and cold, and you have someone that's waiting for you that you told you were going to meet them at 5 a.m. and you know that they're there and they're going to be there and you don't want to let them down, that's going to be a big motivation for you to actually get your butt out of bed and go put your shoes on, put your clothes on and get out there versus if it was just you, it's going to be a lot easier for you to just kind of turn over and hit the snooze button. Yeah, 100%. And like there's something to be said for the direct accountability partner. You're meeting up with a person. You're meeting up with two or three people. You know that you have to be out there. Like they're kind of banking on you, especially if you're meeting up with a friend, like that's a direct accountability partner. If you've got like a bigger group, you could suggest that you're kind of invisible. So if you're not there, it kind of misses, but it gives... I've definitely made that excuse before. Sure. But then you've actually got like a bigger group and you're like, look, there's a whole lot of people that were able to somehow figure out how to pull it together Mm -hmm. and show up for a group. I think the bigger group sometimes works for some motivation for evening runs. Mm -hmm. If everybody else was able to finish their day of work and still make it to run club, I should be able to finish a day of work and make it to run club. Yeah. And it also kind of brings in a little bit of that FOMO. Yeah. Right. Like, especially if it's like you said, an evening run or even in a morning run, like there's definitely been runs where I just didn't want to miss out on what was going on. And my group is really fun because we celebrate birthdays and different things. So, oh, well, it's so-and-so's birthday run. Like I want to go and be a part of the group. Right. So having those people that you connect with that not only are waiting for you to run with, but also that you're friends with, like, I love starting my mornings with my running friends. Like I love the conversations that we have. I love just like seeing their faces in the morning. Like it's nice to start your your day that way. And so having that accountability is really helpful for a lot of people and I think is a really big pro of running groups. Excellent. All right. And the last big pro that we have here, a very practical one, there is safety in numbers. Yeah. And I think I should probably talk more on this one because I think that this is more applicable to us women. And unfortunately, there are plenty of stories in the news of women that were assaulted, abducted, killed because they were out running by themselves. And it's, these are stories that are just gut wrenching and heart wrenching and should never happen. And when I knew this was one of the the main reasons that I joined a running group, um, quite honestly, because like I said before, I did not want to join a running group. I thought that I was too slow. I didn't want to hold other people back. I never wanted to feel like I was limiting anybody else. And I was, I was good running by myself. And I actually had a friend of mine that kept encouraging me, no, 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 I've got this running group. These women are so awesome. You should totally come and and meet with them. And like I've said many times on the podcast, this was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I think that friend of mine, Shelly, for encouraging me to get out of my comfort zone and become part of that group. But the the main reason that got me out and got me into that group was I knew that in order to reestablish consistency with my running, which is where I was back in 2018 when I, you know, this was started, 
Um, well, actually I was pretty consistent in 2017, but in 2018, it's like, I knew I needed to start running in the morning before work because of just our schedules kept getting crazier. The kids were involved in various activities after school. And it just was one of those things that I felt for me, it was the right decision that I needed to do this in the morning, but I didn't want to run in the dark by myself. And so I joined this running group because I just felt safer and I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And I think that that's a, a really big pro of running groups. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So to recap, runners are awesome. Surround yourself with runners and make more awesome friends. Um, running groups can help you push yourself harder, but running groups can also help you slow down because you can clearly recognize your conversational pace. Uh, running groups give you a great accountability partner, whether it's from the size of the group and seeing the overall motivation, not wanting to miss out on anything with the group or just the head to head accountability partner. You don't want to leave your friend hanging out we're at your meetup spot at five o'clock in the morning and you not showing up there. And of course the ever important safety of running with other people, especially early or late when it is dark outside, there are some pullbacks to running groups, some cons, if you will. Okay. And here's the thing some people make the mistake of this, of they only run with a group which means they often find themselves always depending on others for motivation. They lose a lot of the self-motivation off of this thing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times this can also lead people to losing confidence of being able to do it on your own. So what are some of these cons of running groups? Because as you guys can see, I love my running group. And so what are some of the negatives? So number one, one of the biggest things that I see um, in my running group and in other running groups out on the web is that people that run with other people can often end up pushing themselves too hard or ramping up their mileage too quickly, running at a pace that's above their current level just so that they can keep up with the group. Like I see this all the time. Like people will join our running group and we'll all start chatting with them. And I'm like, Oh, like how far are you going today? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm just going to run with everybody. And I'm like, well, how far have you been running? And like, Oh, well I usually do about two to three miles. And it's like, we're out on like a casual five mile run or a six mile run. And I'm just thinking to myself, Oh no, you know, and it's like, that that's the time where I have to like take my running coach hat off. Right. And, and remember like, Angie, you're just a part of this running group. Like you're not the coach here. This person does not need any advice from you right now. You know, right now you're just part of this running group, but I really see this a lot. And it's, you know, there's a, we have a Facebook group as well, where people are posting about their runs and posting about group runs. But I think that this is a trap that a lot of people fall into because they want to be a part of the group. Going back to that FOMO, you know, they don't want to miss out. They want to be with the group, especially if they actually like the other people that they're running with. And so they want to be able to do whatever the group is doing that day, even if maybe that's a little too much for them. Right. So then sometimes this leads to, well, everybody in my group is training for the half marathon. They're training for this marathon. Well, okay, that's fine. You could also train for those things, but not if you don't want to. And not if you've been, you know, just started to run for the last two weeks, maybe your running group has people that have been running for years. They're training for their like third or fourth round. This is an annual thing they do. They always run this marathon. 
okay, they're in a different place in their running journey. They're years of running versus your, well, I've been running for a few weeks. I thought I'd join a running group and we'll give it a shot. You're on like couch to 5K plan at this point in time. Maybe, you know, maybe you've been kind of sporty. You're up to like a 10K. That's not immediately like, hey, let's jump into full-blown marathon training. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like this is the thing. And and this is one of the other cons of running groups is comparison, right? So mm-hmm. kind of what we were talking about just, just now was overtraining, right? running groups can often lead people to overtrain because they're training at a level above where they currently are in order to keep up with the the group. But it can also lead to comparison, like you said, in this, in this kind of feeling not good enough, like, oh, like, well, that person was, was able to run it and they look like it was so easy. But when I tried to do it, like I was struggling, I was, you know, it was, it felt so hard. I felt awful. And it's like, yeah, again, like Kevin said, you don't know what that person's running history has been. Like, even if they tell you that they've been running around the same amount of time as you, like, you don't know what that looks like. You don't know what their previous sport history or health history looked like. Like, there was this one girl in our running group. I just found this out, like, the other day. She was, like, a elite class ultra marathon runner, like, 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And just running with her, like, you wouldn't know that. You know, unless you really started like talking to her about it. I never really um, had the pleasure of running with her because I like our times just didn't meet, mix up um, the, at the right time. But like anyway, you don't know, right, is, is kind of what it comes down to. And so like comparing yourself to other people in any way is usually not a helpful thing. Right, which very often then leads, leads to that loss of motivation and that loss of confidence in yourself because yeah. well, co- comparison leads to all sorts of problems. But one of the big ones is that lack of motivation. If you're trying to just do what other people are doing, not miss out on whatever anybody else is doing, you have no personal motivation. You're not investing. You're just trying to keep up with other people. That could cause some issues. Um, one of the other issues, kind of the opposite of that guy, is just going to easy all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get into a running group and every run is just that super fun, just laughing and chatting the entire time. Everything is too conversational. You're completely undertrained. It's a blast. Don't get me wrong. Super fun, probably fairly healthy because you're getting out and exercising on a regular basis, but you're not growing. You're not reaching towards potential. You're just out and enjoying the group. Right. So while some people can overtrain in groups, then this would basically lead to the opposite, which is undertraining, right? Leaving your potential unmet. And this is kind of funny because this is one of the first things that I introduced to my running group when I joined, because most of the people before I joined the group would just kind of do this and just kind of meet up and go out on their easy runs. And they had their, you know, four or five miles or three miles, whatever they did. And I started doing speed work because I was training for a half marathon at the time. And I was following the, one of the plans that mm-hmm. you made for me, which included speed work. And I was like, Hey, anybody want to come do speed work? And everyone's like, what is speed work? You know? And so that's really cool. And that actually can go in that list of pros that we just finished, right? It's like being exposed to something that maybe you wouldn't have been exposed to had you not been part of that running group. But yeah, like, you know, going easy all the time while it might be fun is definitely going to lead you to that plateau, which is where a lot of runners find themselves. And then they're like, they sign up for those races with their running groups. Like, oh yeah, my running group is doing this race. Let's all sign up together. And then you do a few of those and you notice that your time isn't getting any better. And you're like, I don't understand it. I run all the time. Why am I not getting faster? And the reason is you're going out and doing easy runs or medium runs all the time and you're not doing speed work. You're never really pushing yourself 
harder in order to get faster. Right. You're just, you're running with whatever pace the group decides to go that day, which kind of leads into the next one is you never really learn how to tap into your own body and learn your effort levels. Your pace is just dictated by the pace of the group, Mm -hmm. which could be dictated by whether, you know, Johnny or Susie show up that day, who's leading the pace? Yeah. Who's who's in control of the pace that day? Maybe like the group that you normally run with. Like, because I know when you show up at your morning run, sometimes there's a group of, I don't know, 10 to 15 people, mm-hmm. but then it splinters from that. And you right. have like your group of people that are running a certain pace. Well, that's cool. But what if those people don't show up at the group run that day? Yeah. Like you could be solo or if you, because it's still dark and you're leaning on that safety aspect, you're either now going to run faster with a group above you mm-hmm. or slower with a group behind you. Neither one of them is necessarily the pace you were aiming for that day. Mm-hmm. You, so you don't ever tune into what your body says is easy, is medium, is hard. You just go with the pace of the day. Yeah. And you know, if you're trying to learn how to run by effort, like if you've been listening to our podcast and you're like, okay, this thing sounds interesting. I'm going to try to do this. It's going to be really hard to do this when you're trying to run with a group because oftentimes keeping up with the group outweighs trying to tune in and listen to your body and figure out your effort levels because that requires some concentration, especially at the beginning when you're kind of figuring this out. Even if you've been doing it for years and years like we have, like it still requires that concentration to be like, am I running easy enough here? Like, is this actually like a level five medium pace here? Like, is this a level seven? Because every day is a little different, right? So if you're trying to run by effort, this can be oftentimes made much more difficult if you're trying to also run with a group at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, one of the things that we pointed out in the in the pros of it is running in a group can help you go a little bit faster, but it does not. It does the opposite in terms of of tuning into your effort levels. If you're supposed to be going fast, but like level seven fast. And you're like, yeah, I'd like to go level seven fast, but I also want to keep up with that person. Mm -hmm. Now you've literally just ignored effort levels just to keep up with the group, which is not necessarily the healthiest thing. Could be, could help you break through all sorts of things, but over the long run, it's probably going to be much better to actually tune into your own personal effort levels. Right. And which is why we think that some runs are good with the group that you can, you know, take the time to push yourself then. And sometimes it's really good to have those solo runs as well. But like, talk about your time and your experience with this, right? Because you fell into this overtraining trap because of the group that you were running with in college. Yeah. So we, I mean, my coach at the time didn't really focus on effort-based training as much as every time we went out for a run, we were supposed to hold roughly six minute pace. Like that was just, that was a given. That was the pace that we were supposed to go on. So we didn't really even have mileage. We went out for time. We went out for 75 minutes or 90 minutes and it was just assumed that we were holding six minute pace and that's just what it was. That was not my easy pace at the time. And I don't think it was actually several people on the team's easy pace. For a few of them, it definitely was, but it was way above my easy pace. But I needed to be able to stay with the group. Like that's just how the collegiate team was. Everybody just went as a big group. Sometimes it would break into two. People were like, eh, I don't feel like doing that loop today. But basically everybody did the same loop every day and you needed to stay with the group. So I was 
always, every day, running over my head. So I could hang with them on easy days because it just wasn't an easy day for me. But that meant that the next day that was like a hard actual speed workout, I was toasted because I was already dead from Monday. So showing up for speed workout on Tuesday just killed me. So eventually I was completely broken with that. And like we've covered, I lost a whole heck of a lot of self-confidence because I came out of high school. I loved running and I thought I was pretty good at it. And I got to college and it turned out I was nowhere near good enough to run with those group of people. This is part of the, like, choose your running group wisely. Mm. Like, make sure that you fit into your running group, not just personality-wise, but there needs to be some some similar ability in there. And you can have multiple running groups. You can have people where it's like, oh, it's a fast day. I'm going to go with this group, and I'm going to kind of push myself. Maybe it's it's their medium, it's my hard, but I know that it's my hard. Or I'm going to go with this group, it's their medium, it's my easy. Like, you don't have to have the same, like, personal records as these other people, but you still have to kind of adjust and figure out what that means for you, who you can run with on certain days. That's not how college worked for me. College on Monday was hard and on Tuesday was impossible. Yeah. That's that's how college worked. Yeah, and it's I think that there's a lot of people that can probably relate to that because they probably have that same issue with whatever running group that they're currently in and they think that the problem is with them, right? And the problem is not with you. The problem is that that's just maybe not the right match for a running group for you all the time, like Kevin said, right? Like maybe it is on some days, but maybe not others. And like, this is one of the lessons that I recently learned too, after rebuilding, after getting COVID, right? Like when I, after I got COVID, like it took me a while to kind of build my running back up. My body just, I didn't have the same level of speed that I had two years ago. And so the people that I used to run with, I was lagging behind them, right? And so I was noticing that, especially like on our longer runs or if I was supposed to be doing an easy run, they were running faster. Like they were running at the quote unquote easy pace, but that was no longer my easy pace. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, for my own sake, pull back. And as much as that stunk, like not being able to run with my friends, I knew that that was the best for me physically and also for my running long-term, like my running health long-term, because I knew that if I kept pushing myself at that level, I'm not going to be progressing back to that faster level that I want to. Because in order to get back to those easier, you know, those faster paces, I needed to honor where my body was right now. And this is one of the things we talk about on the podcast all the time. And I was being forced to put that into practice. I still am like, I'm still rebuilding, um, after, after that. And it's okay. And so I learned that I needed to do my easy runs by myself so that I could tap into my body, listen to my body, actually figure out those effort levels, make sure that I was actually keeping those easy days easy. And mentally, that's not easy to do. Like (laughs) keeping easy runs easy is not always easy to do. Right. I think that it's something that a lot of runners struggle with. Um, and ultimately it just kind of comes down to your ego. Like like being able to swallow your pride and be like, yeah, right now that's too fast for me. And that used to be my easy pace and it stinks that that's not my easy pace anymore. But in order to get back to that point, I have to take this time where I'm 
pulling back and allowing my body to build back up to that place. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the like coaching tenants is train at your current ability so that you can then eventually get to that breakthrough. If you're constantly training at an ability beyond you, you're like, okay, well, I'd like to break two hours for the half marathon. So I'm going to base all of my runs, assuming that I can run a 155. Well, that's great. Unless your current PR is like a 215. You got to train as a 215 runner train with, you know, that, that focus and that consistency and whatnot, but train with paces based off of 215 every once in a while you can stretch yourself, but consistently you want to train at that pace where you actually are. Otherwise you're not going to make the progress because it's going to keep getting stalled by, by burnout, by injury, by exhaustion. So you kind of have to make sure that you can take those step backs and tune into what your body is saying on any given day. Yeah. But you have to have patience and yeah. that's not always easy, but so but we're distance runners, patience is our key. That's what, like, right. Exactly. That's kind of what we sign up for, you know? And I think that that's like such a, uh, contradiction and paradox, right. Is that like we sign up to be distance runners, but then we want to have progress as quickly as possible, right? Like we want to sprint to the, the place where we think that we need to be like, that doesn't really work that way. Right. Yeah, I, I want to be ready for that marathon yesterday. Yesterday. Like, no, it's it's a marathon. It takes a marathon worth of training. Yeah, like this is part of what this is about. It's a, about the process. It's about enjoying the journey. It's about enjoying the process. It's figuring out who you are in the process of achieving that goal. So we listed some pros. We listed the cons. And since Kevin did a nice little um, pro review, I'll go ahead and review the cons for you. So the cons of running groups would be that they can, they can cause you to push too hard and overtrain. They can cause you to compare yourself to other people. They can cause you to go easy all the time and never push hard enough to get faster. They can make you ignore your body and ignore your own effort levels and just keep up with the group. Um, so those are all some of the cons. So knowing now the pros and the cons, at least the ones that we've decided to list here for you today, I'm sure there's more. Nope. That's all of them. And <laughs> if you have pros and cons, please come find us on Instagram and tell us because that's super fun. Um, I love hearing from our listeners on Instagram. So shoot me a DM over at real life runners and just say hi and let me know what you thought about this episode. But knowing those things, what should you do? Right? Because like we said at the very beginning of the episode with our spoiler alert, like it's not one or the other, right? We, we sometimes make the mistake of thinking like, okay, it's, I'm either a part of this running group or I'm not a part of this running group. And that leads to limited potential either way. And hopefully you've, you've been able to see that throughout the course of the episode. So we really think the best way to do this is by mixing group runs and solo runs, right? That way you get the benefits of both. The group can help you to keep your easy runs easy and maintain that conversation pace. They can also help you push harder on your harder runs. But what if it could actually be the opposite as well? Like one of the things I was kind of thinking about is, you know, we talked about the benefits of running with people faster than you or running with a group on your speed runs, right? Because it makes it a little bit easier to push yourself. Mm -hmm. But what about the benefits that you gain when you push yourself by yourself on your harder runs, right? Like when you do harder runs solo, because now you have the physical challenge, but now you also have the mental challenge of just being you, not having that other group, those group members there to push you. Well, this is the thing is there's benefits of both. There's benefits of running solo. There's benefits of running in a group. So the key here is figuring out which benefits 
you need to key in on most to help reach your full potential. You know, there are different ways of using a running group. If one of the big things you need out of the group is, you know, that group, uh, that motivation coming from other people, there are ways to get that other than showing up at, with a friend at 530 in the morning to go run. Like there are ways that you can get that motivation from somebody else. Having somebody else to help push you through the speed of a workout can, at the same time, inhibit you from being able to push yourself through the speed of a race if that person is not next to you. Yeah. So that's yeah, what I meant to say. Sure. There's there are benefits of being with a group, but there are certainly benefits that you can get from running solo. If you do all of your speed workouts solo. Maybe you're not able to tap into your full potential. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that this is as as quick as I could go. But then with somebody else next to you, suddenly you can push yourself farther. If you've ever found yourself running solo all the time and then racing above your level every time you get into a race and you're surrounded by people, well, you could probably pull more potential out of yourself by doing some more group runs. If you're... If you don't like hanging out with a big group, if it's difficult for you to get to a group, don't do it all the time. Like, don't add additional stress to your run by trying to find a running group, but on occasion, maybe find some other people that you can hang out with so that you can get the benefits of, you know, having some other runners around you, of, you know, training at a conversational pace, pushing yourself on a faster run. And if you can't, find a group of runners that you can hang out with online because then you at least get that, like, running camaraderie and surround yourself by other running people that seem to get who you are. Yeah, or like like Kevin said before, there's a lot of running groups that are social running groups like they all go out and run but they maybe split up you know like I know that happens to my group a lot of times too is that when we're actually out there we end up splitting up and either running by yourself or with like two or three people it's not like a group of 10 all stays the group of 10 the entire run but then you meet up before and or afterwards and maybe spend time together so that you can just connect with other runners that are like you. Yeah, 100%. Like when you get together over the summer, sometimes I come, like cause there, there's that park that you guys have gotten together over the summer and everybody, all the kids are getting older now, I but it, a few years ago, everybody used to bring their kid and dump them on the playground and I would just watch everybody's kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, as long as I know which kids who's and we're all good. We all stay inside of the fenced in playground and we're all fine. And then all you guys would all take off and you do your run around the park and then everybody would come back and hang out afterwards. Yeah. That was a fun little group to, to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you weren't running, but you were still there and you were a part of it. Yes. I was still part of the group, even though I was not running, but I also would not have been with people if I was running, but I still would have had that social aspect at the end. Right. Exactly. Cause you're definitely faster than everybody in my group. So, um, Come find me on Instagram and let me know what you think about running groups at Real Life Runners. You can find us over there. And if you haven't yet, this is a quick reminder to grab your free running snapshot over at realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot. It's a one page download. You can print it out and fill it in. It will give you a great idea of where you are in your running right now because the mistake that we see so many runners making is that they don't know where they are in their running, which leads them to overtrain and get injured or, and burnt out or undertrain and not reach their full potential and not make the progress that they want to make. So by getting really, really clear on where you are right now, that can help you set better goals and gain more momentum for you to 
achieve those goals by training in a personalized way that is right for you. So you can grab that at realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot. Keep your ears and your eyes out. We are going to be running our five day running challenge next month. So um, make sure you're on our email list because our email list is always the first to find out about all the cool stuff that we create for you guys. So you can get on that again over at realliferunners.com. And as always, guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. We appreciate you listening to this podcast, sharing it with your friend, leaving us a review on iTunes, all the different things that can help us grow this podcast to help more runners to run their life and be the real life runners that they want to be. So thank you for listening. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 278. Now get out there and run your life.